0: hey everyone welcome back to another episode of boosting your financial iq can i just say something i love it when you folks reach out to me and you provide me with feedback and ideas for podcast episodes this episode is dedicated to taylor who recently reached out to me on the gram is that the cool way to say it the gram or should i say instagram i don't know but she reached out to me on instagram sent me a message and asked me to do an episode on 10 Qs and 10 Ks. So that's what we're gonna be talking about today. This is gonna be a good episode because if you are in the world of business, you need to understand how to read financial statements. If you want to invest in stocks, I know a lot of you want to invest in stocks, you want to do that, you want to get involved with stocks. But before you go investing in any type of security, you should understand the financial situation of that business, the financial position. Also, I know some of you listeners are just trying to boost your financial IQ, so you could speak more intelligently in business settings. When you show up to a meeting, when you're engaging with the finance department or the CFO or the CEO or whoever it is in the company, you wanna have that financial intelligence so you could join the conversation and be part of strategic decision making. Well, trust me, if you don't know how to speak the language of money, you're gonna really struggle to do that successfully. So let me help you navigate publicly traded financial statements. So when it comes to our discussion today, I wanna focus on publicly traded companies within the United States, and I'll talk about their requirements when it comes to publicly traded companies abroad. There are different rules, so let's just focus on the United States because if you can understand these concepts, a lot of the structures and financial systems abroad follow suit, okay? So let's talk here about publicly traded companies and their requirements. So first off, Publicly traded companies are required to file financial statements at regular intervals. According to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, these companies must file annual reports on the form called the 10K and quarterly reports on a form called the 10Q on an ongoing basis. So if you hear that terminology, the 10K, the 10Q, just think of it like the K is the annual report and the Q is the quarterly report, the 10K, the 10Q. So here's a breakdown of filing requirements. So first the annual report, the form 10 K publicly traded companies, they must file this report within a specific time frame after the end of their fiscal year. This report provides a comprehensive overview of the company's financial performance, including audited financial statements, management discussion and analysis, risk factors, and other relevant disclosures for investors. But in addition to the annual report, the 10K, companies also have to file the form, the 10Q. These reports provide updates on a company's financial performance for each of their first three fiscal quarters. So they have the 10Q for three quarters, and then they have the 10K, which summarizes the entire year. While they are less comprehensive than the annual report, they still offer valuable insights into a company's financial health. So it's an interim report of how the company is doing. So remember, if you're a publicly traded company, you have to disclose information to your investors and to the world. And that's how you do it through these reports. Now, it's important to note that there are specific deadlines for filing these reports. Publicly traded companies generally have 60 days to file their annual report, the 10K after the end of their fiscal year. For quarterly reports, the Form 10Q, the filing deadline is typically 45 days at the end of each fiscal quarter. By adhering to these filing requirements, publicly traded companies ensure transparency and provide investors with the information necessary to make informed investment decisions. So let me walk you through how to get started, how to access these financial reports so you can follow along and know exactly what I'm talking about. For starters, if you want to access a company's public filings, like the 10Q or the 10K that we're talking about, then you're going to want to navigate over to the SEC's website, which stands for the Securities and Exchange Commission. So if you go to sec.gov Edgar, that's where you're going to pull up the site to search for a company and find their filings. Now, Edgar stands for Electronic Data Gathering Analysis and Retrieval. It's an online database maintained by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC. EDGAR provides access to public company filings, including annual reports, such as the 10-K that we're talking about, quarterly reports, such as the 10-Q, and other important documents required by the SEC. This comprehensive database allows investors, analysts, and the general public to easily access and review financial statements, disclosures, and other relevant information about publicly traded companies. With Edgar, individuals can stay informed and make well-informed investment decisions based on reliable and up-to-date data. Okay, so this is really critical. Now you can go to sites like Google Finance, Bloomberg, Yahoo Finance, whatever it is, and you can search for companies and you can access financial information from these sites. But ultimately, these sites are aggregating their data that's available on Edgar. So if you wanna go to the source, the true source, then go to Edgar and this is where you'll pull up their information. So I'm on the EDGAR's website right now, sec.gov edgar, and right on this page, you'll see a spot to enter a company's symbol. So I'm just gonna go ahead and type in AAPL, which stands for Apple. Now on the side, you'll see selected filings. I'm gonna click on their 10K report. This was filed on October 28th, 2022. When you pull up this financial report, you're gonna notice that it's really long and it's full of a ton of data. So let me break down the key components that deserve your attention. The first component involves financial statements. The 10Q and 10K reports feature essential financial statements such as the income statement, balance sheet, and statement of cash flows. And these statements reveal crucial information about a company's revenue, expenses, assets, liabilities, and their cash flow. So when you analyze these statements, it helps you to gauge the financial stability and profitability of a particular company. So that's the first component. Then there's management discussion and analysis, also known as MD&A. This section provides a narrative analysis of a company's financial performance and its future goals. It offers valuable insights into management's perspective on challenges, opportunities, and strategies. So if you pay close attention to areas such as revenue drivers, cost management initiatives, industry trends, and competitive advantages outlined in the MD&A section, you can really gain a lot of knowledge about a company. The next component involves risk factors. Companies are obliged to disclose potential risks that could impact their business operations and financial performance. The risk factor section highlights potential threats such as market volatility, regulatory changes, competition, and technological disruptions. Understanding these risks ensure that you have a comprehensive view of the potential challenges that a company may face or that they are facing right now. The next section involves footnotes. Now, these are often overlooked, but footnotes contain critical information that complements the financial statements. So you're you're not going to want to skip over these footnotes. Definitely dive into the footnotes. Here you'll find additional details about accounting policies, significant contracts, contingent liabilities, and other pertinent information that may influence a company's financial position. And lastly, there's the auditor's report. The auditor's report represents an independent assessment of a company's financial statements. This report confirms whether the financial statements are prepared in accordance with generally accepted accounting principles, also known as GAAP, or IFRS, which stands for International Financial Reporting Standards, basically GAAP, but for international companies. It's essential to review the auditor's opinion for any qualifications, issues, or concerns that are raised by these accounting firms. So by focusing on these components within the 10Q and 10K reports, you can gain a comprehensive understanding of a company's financial performance, their risks, and potential opportunities. Now, 10K's can be a little drab and a little boring. But let me just confess something to you. One time I went on vacation with my family. This is a true story. And I was looking to invest in several companies. So I actually printed out the 10Ks. Okay, I printed out the 10Ks. They were like super thick. I had this huge ream of paper. I probably cut down like two trees just to print out these financial reports. And I took them with me. And I was sitting there on the beach in Mexico reading 10Ks highlighting the 10 K's, but I learned a ton. I know I'm such a nerd. Okay. That's why I always tell you, I can help you fast track your way to financial freedom because I've been through, I've read all these books. I did all this crazy stuff in the beginning and some stuff was super valuable. Other things were a waste of time. So that's where I can help you speed your way to financial literacy by teaching you what I did and help you avoid the missteps along the way. Okay, so there you have it, that's just the high level structure of a 10K. On my computer right now, I have Apple's 10K pulled up, which is pretty interesting. So if you ever wanna learn more about a potential company that you're looking to invest in, I highly recommend you looking at their financial data. If you wanna look at their financial data in a summarized form, like I said on a platform like Yahoo Finance or Google Finance or Bloomberg or whichever platform you prefer, you can do that But remember the 10K is where all that information is coming from, so if you wanna go to the source, check out the 10K. But if you're just going out there and you're just investing in stocks or in options, but you're not looking at the financials of a company, then you're just speculating, you're just gambling. You're just closing your eyes, hoping that your stock's gonna go up or down based on your position. Instead, you should definitely look at their financial statements, look at their income statement, their balance sheet and statement of cash flow so you understand what's going on. If you work for a publicly traded company, if you wanna get ahead, if you wanna advance in your career, and if I was in your shoes, I would definitely be reading my company's 10K and their 10Qs to understand what's going on from a broader perspective. So many individuals work for publicly traded companies, they don't even know what's going on, they don't understand the contents of their own organization's 10K. So I'm in the 10K of Apple right now, and on the front page you'll find valuable information such as how many shares of common stock were issued as of a certain date. So in Apple's case, their 10K was issued at the end of October, but they have stated on the front page that that there are 15,908,118,000 shares of common stock that are issued and outstanding as of October 14th, 2022. So this is really important to understand because if you're ever trying to compute earnings per share or some other type of metric based on the number of shares that are issued and outstanding, you can find that on the front page of the 10K report. Now, in EDGAR, when you're looking at a 10K report, in the navigation pane in the top left corner, you'll see something called Sections. I like to navigate right down to the financial statements. That's what I'm gonna do right now. I'm navigating to the statement of operations, also known as the income statement. And this is really cool because they have the last three years in separate columns, side by side, so you can understand what's happening with their sales, their cost, and their profitability. So I'm looking at Apple's total net sales. And as of September 24th, 2022, that's the end of their fiscal year, they did 394 billion dollars in revenue. And the year before they did 365 billion. And then the year before that in 2020, they did 274 billion. So I can look at this, I could do the math and I can understand the growth rate on their revenue, on their top line. I can also look at their sales and then I navigate down to their net income. And what I show here is that they did $99 billion in profit in 2022 compared to $57.4 billion in 2020. So this is really cool to see their earnings per share, to look at their profitability, and that's helpful to just understand whether or not their business model is still functioning well and whether or not they're able to turn a profit. So more importantly is the balance sheet. So I'm gonna navigate over to the balance sheet right now. I'm looking at their cash and cash equivalents. So Apple, as of September 24th, 2022, they are sitting on $23.6 billion in cash, in cash equivalents. I also like to look at their current assets compared to their current liabilities. So for example, in 2022, Apple has $135 billion of current assets. This involves their cash, the amount of money that their customers owe them in accounts receivable, their inventories, and other non-trade receivables and current assets. So when I look at their total current assets, 135 billion, and then I compare it to their current liabilities, which consists of accounts payable, current liabilities, deferred revenue, commercial paper, and term debt, they have $153 billion in total current liabilities. So if you just take current assets divided by current liabilities, that's where you can understand what their current ratio is. If they have a one-to-one ratio, meaning that their current assets equals their current liabilities, it means that they're solvent. If the ratio is less than one, it means that they may have liquidity issues. Now, I'm not super concerned about Apple when it comes to their position, even though their total current assets are lower than their current liabilities. But for other companies, before I invest in them, I'm definitely gonna wanna understand the current ratio. And then also on the balance sheet, you could look at their debt. How much debt do they have and how is it trending? So for example, in 2021, they had $109 billion in term debt compared to $99 billion in 2022. So their debt actually dropped by about $10 billion. All right, but the most important financial statement, and I've said this over and over again before in different episodes, in my lessons, in my programs, is the statement of cash flows. This is the most important statement because it's like taking the income statement and the balance sheet, getting them married, and then them having a baby. The baby is the statement of cash flows. So this is such a critical report because it starts with net income, which comes from the income statement, and then it has some adjustments to reconcile net income to cash that's generated by operating activities, and then it has changes in operating assets and liabilities, which is your working capital to get you down to your total operating cash flow. But then also it'll tell you how much cash is generated from investing activities and financing activities. But really what I like to narrow in on, on the statement of cash flows, besides all the line items, I'll look at every line item, is free cash flow. That's what I'm really focused on here. So to compute free cash flow, if you just scroll down on the statement of cash flows to the line item that says cash generated by operating activities or some variation thereof, companies call it different things, so maybe it's cash from operating activities, operating cash, whatever it is, but that's the line item you're looking at, which is the total amount of cash from that first section on the statement of cash flows, take that amount, the cash generated by operating activities, in Apple's case, it's $122 billion, and then subtract out the company's capital expenditures, which involves investments in property, plant, and equipment. So on Apple's 10K, they have a line item in investing activities, if you're following along, called payments for acquisition of property, plant, and equipment. So you have to deduct this amount from their cash from operating activities above to arrive at free cash flow. So once again, total cash generated by operating activities is $122 billion for Apple, and I'm summarizing here. Then I'm gonna subtract out payments for the acquisition of property, plant, and equipment, also known as capital expenditures, or if you wanna be really cool, you could call it CapEx. Okay, so CapEx is about $11 billion, so 122 minus 11, equals $111 billion of free cash flow, and that's how much they generated in 2022. Now, you should look at this for 2022, 2021, 2020, look at the historical trends, and understand is cash flow growing, and how does that growth rate compare to the revenue growth rate, and the profitability growth rate? So that's what I challenge you to do is compare the revenue growth rate. So let's just say, Revenue is growing at 10%, but free cash flow is only growing at 2%, that could be a problem. Because it means that they're growing, but they're pouring more cash into the business in order to sustain this growth. So you're gonna to wanna to understand that. Or maybe their profits are growing by 10%, but their free cash flow is only growing by 2%. That means a lot of their cash is being tied up in working capital, or it's being used to invest in capital expenditures. So you're gonna to wanna to understand these trends before making any significant business or investment decision. Okay, so that's how the 10K works. Like I said, I also like the MD&A section where the management is discussing different trends and things that are happening out there in the marketplace. You could really get a good understanding of what's happening, not just in the company itself, but in the industry overall. And then also pay attention to the risk factors that management is disclosing because this will help you to understand uh, things to pay attention to as well. So when it comes to running your own business, when it comes to investing, you have to understand the story behind the numbers. Because remember, when you invest in a stock, you're investing in the future prospects of that business. So sure, you're looking at historical financial statements, but at least you can understand how things are trending year over year. Because some people will put money into a company and their free cash flow is terrible and their financial position is deteriorating. But instead of looking at financial statements and getting the data that they need, they just speculate and they make wild bets and therefore they lose a lot of money. So I would highly recommend you getting into the financials of publicly traded companies before you make business and investment decisions. Now, if you are an entrepreneur or a business owner and you're like, Steve, I don't need this information because I'm not a publicly traded company, I would say wrong. Because if you are starting a company or maybe you already have a company, Maybe you're in construction or you're in retail or food and beverage or hospitality or healthcare or technology, whatever it may be. And even if you're not a publicly traded company, I would recommend finding companies that are in your competitive set, okay? Companies that compete in your same industry or for your same customers. And then you could read through the things that I walked you through and you could get a better understanding of what's happening in your space, in your market, and it can give you a huge leg up on the competition. Especially when it comes to like cost structures, if you want to understand, okay, how do your financials stack up to others in your industry and you can't gain access to that data, you can go to a publicly traded company's financial statements and you can see how they are performing and you can benchmark yourself against them. I know they may be, you know, 10 or 100 times bigger than your company, but at least it'll give you an understanding of how that business is competing in your space. So I highly recommend that. So, like I said, If you're an investor, make sure you're well versed in publicly traded financial statements. You understand how to navigate these statements. Trust me, I pull up Edgar all the time. I look at 10Ks and I access this information quite frequently and it's it's super helpful. So if you're an investor, make sure you're looking at financial statements before you just buy a stock. If you're a business owner and you wanna go public, Looking at publicly traded financial statements will help you to understand what's going on in the space, in the market, it will help you understand how you stack up compared to other companies. If you're an employee of a business, I would highly recommend looking through these financial statements and just these reports so you can understand what's going on in your business so you could talk the talk, walk the walk, and add value to your business, and you can advance in your career very quickly. So there you have it, that's how you decode publicly traded financial statements. I hope that was helpful and especially for you, Taylor. Hopefully this gave you the information that you're looking for. Please reach out if you have ideas or feedback that you would like to share and keep boosting your financial intelligence. There are a ton of resources available on the BYFIQ platform. If you haven't signed up for our free community, go to byfiq.com right now and click on the button that says free community, click on that, you can join like-minded peers and access a ton of helpful information as you go down this path. All right, I also offer programs where I teach you the language of money or I help you launch or scale a business, so you might wanna check out those programs if you are in that position and you wanna learn more about how those work. That's all for today's episode. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being a part of this wonderful community. It means the world to me. You have no idea how much this impacts my life in a positive way. So have a great week. Take care of yourself. And until next episode, cheers. Hey, real quick, if you get value out of this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave us a review. Also, if you want to be featured on the show, send me a recording with your name, your age, where you're from, and your question through a voice note or a video using your smartphone. back.